Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and happy 1st of March. What did you just say to me? It's the 1st of March. No, you went pinch punch 1st oh, of the month. pinch punch, yeah. And you went, this year's going to fly by now. I know, sauce to break it to you guys, but it really is, isn't it? It will be Christmas before you know it. Don't say the C word. Um, welcome back to the latest episode of the Laura and Becky Show. We are sponsored by Clubhouse in Meadowhall, Redbrick Estate Agents and Ringwood Hall Hotel and Spa. Uh, thank you for listening. If you are new here, then welcome along. Becky's laughing at me because I've had to hold the microphone on my lap and she thinks I look like a sports commentator. Yeah, well, normally the microphone phone is on the desk but Laura's holding it today and you do literally look like Gary Lineker or something like doing doing the sports news. Gary I can't, can't look at you properly. <laughs> so funny. Uh, if you're an OG then welcome along. Right you have something to tell me about well, yesterday. Yeah you know we were talking about um, bringing back um, walks where you find pornos. <laughs> Yes. Um, this has obviously hit a nerve with certain people, but there was oh, a story no. that I forgot to tell you yesterday about okay. it. So when I lived in... By the um, way, if you haven't listened to yesterday's <laughs> podcast, we don't mean you grab a porno and you go on a walk and you read it. Oh, we mean no, like no, occasionally no. you'll spy one in a bush. Well, not no, not these days. This was back like, in the back 90s in the when we were kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do let us know if you were up yeah. on a walk and found a porno like us because we'd <laughs> love to hear from you. So when I lived in Birmingham... I was living um, in an apartment, right, on the top floor. And there was a little old guy who lived um, in an apartment on the bottom floor. And he was having a bit of a clear out, right? Right. And for some reason, he just dumped his sofa outside. I think, like, the scrap man was going to come round and take it or whatever. So he put his sofa outside. And I just happened to look out of the window one day and down on his sofa guess what I saw? The cushions had fallen, like, off the sofa. Guess what I saw? Shoved down the back of it. No. A porno. No. A Bloody porno. Did you, did you run down and get it? 
Um, I did go down and have a quick oh, look. Did you? I yeah. actually did. Yeah. I just sort of like looked over him because he wasn't in. I was like, I'll have, just have a quick look at what he's into. Do you think? Do you think it was his? Yes. Or do you, oh, you do. Yes, I definitely think oh, it was his. No, busted. Yeah. So there's another place that they're stored. It's not right, just on okay. walls. They're behind sofas have a, have as well. Have a look, guys. Have a look. Yeah. Um, right. I've just realised I need to play a message, and I don't think I'm hooked up to this, which is no surprise, is it? Because I tell you what, we have a nightmare with these messages, don't we? Either I'm fast forwarding them, or you're not linked up. Let me see if I'm linked up. Are you linked up? Okay, so also yesterday we were talking about tomatoes. And food shops and online. And food shops, yeah. And we were saying how we're not organised and blah, blah, blah. And we, were, we mentioned Thea from Redbrick and we were like, she'll definitely do a delivery. Yeah. We thought she would be an online shopper. Yeah. Well, it turns out she's not and she messaged us. Have a listen to this. So I'm just listening to the podcast about... Um, <laughs> doing online food shopping and I actually don't do this apart from once a year and it's at Christmas because Christmas food shopping is a fucking nightmare isn't it however Becky you were just talking about um when they replace something so like one time they replaced my avocado with blueberries and I was like I can't have blueberries on toast right and the best one happened this Christmas I ordered six avocados and they didn't have individual avocados. <laughs> they sent me six bags of fifty. <laughs> six bags of fifteen avocados. I had ninety avocados. <laughs> Fucking ninety. <laughs> what am I gonna do with ninety avocados? Oh my god! I literally oh. love that. I mean, ninety avocados. Ninety. What? What the hell? I mean, who would just? Wouldn't you just like if there's a pack of? I don't know. Just give a one pack. You give one pack. But these, um, what they called substitutions that they do, they never make any sense, do they? Never. At all. But I love the fact that she ended up with ninety yeah. avocados that she had to use. I also love the fact that how much she made herself laugh there on that I message, <laughs> just like randomly giggling along to herself. Well, do you know what? I had to play that message about three yeah. times yesterday because I couldn't understand <laughs> what she was saying at the end. So yeah, just in case you missed it as well, she got delivered ninety nine zero avocados. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Thank you, Thea. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's you again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking well, at the list. I'm like, what are we doing? I I don't quite know what happened to me yesterday. I oh, had a, I had a moment that lasted all day. I was very confused, wasn't right. I? Right. Okay. So last week we were like, the kids are on strike next week, as in this week. <laughs> Already I'm confused. Well, no, the, my ki- own the kids story. aren't on strike. No, sorry. It's the teachers, <laughs> teachers are on, are on strike. strike. The kids can't go to school because some schools are striking. That's it. So I <laughs> said to you last week, it's Wednesday. And you're like, it's Tuesday. And I was like, I think you'll find it's Wednesday. And you're like, no, it's Tuesday. So anyway, Yorkshire was Tuesday. Yeah. Derbyshire was Wednesday i.e. yesterday and today, right? Yes. So I had my daughter with me yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, that's the key part to this story. You had your daughter with you. So I get a message from Becky in the morning yesterday going, hiya, um, I'm just on my way to the studio. I'm just a little bit late. It's a little bit of traffic. And then she messaged saying, <laughs> it's half term. Why have I just seen kids going into school? It's like, what's going on? It's like... It's not half term, babe. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I was like, 
our strikes are tomorrow, so kids are at school at normal today. So that was all a little bit confusing because you thought it was half term. Well, do you know what that is? It's because our kids had separate weeks because my daughter goes to school in Sheffield where the half term was the week before. In Derbyshire, where your girls go, it was the week after. So that was confusing enough. Yeah, that was confusing. So anyway, yesterday I had to nip over to Meadowhall to take something back. And of course, because Yorkshire were on strike yesterday, <laughs> they'd all gone to bloody Meadowhall. It was absolutely rammed it was like a Saturday so I messaged you and I put uh, wrong idea coming to Meadowhall it's packed with bloody kids now bear in mind at this point Becky was on a walk with her kid I have my child with me she put oh really why aren't they all at school <laughs> I literally was in my car I was like you just put Becky <laughs> fuss, fuss. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't cope. I was then, like, but you didn't even explain it. I to couldn't. Me. I you couldn't didn't be bothered even at this point. give me an explanation. So then I was in. I was on the walk with Lily, <laughs> and my little cogs were turning in my brain. I was like, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Oh, the strike! And then I messaged you about half an hour later, and I went. It's, it's a strike, that's why. <laughs> well, when I'd put, um, why are they not in school? I'd put Becky FFS. And then the next one, you just put, what is that TikTok we watched earlier? And I was like, she had some kind of breakdown. In Do you know what? The... It, it carried on the whole day because then I had a play date with Lily in the evening, right? And we were over there and she asked me something about um, one of my friends, Emma, right? And she went, blah, 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 Emma. And I went, who's Emma? <laughs> and she went... <laughs> Mum, one of your best mates. And I tell you what, it took me a second. I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm back that in the room. Emma. I think I just have to write yesterday off. Yeah, uh, yesterday was just an, an off day, you, okay? You were, you were confusing me. I started yeah. questioning myself. Well, it is a bit confusing when the kids are at school and when they're not. But I think <laughs> the thing here was that my child was with me yesterday. I still didn't so realise why the kids weren't at school. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, then it's Wednesday, and on Wednesdays, we like to have a guest in the studio, don't yes, we? Yes, this is a new thing that we've started. Uh, we had Thea on last week, and we are absolutely loving this. It's basically people with an interesting story, because if there's something we love, yeah. it's an interesting life story. Yes, so um, we have the lovely Hannah in today. Now, Hannah, we were actually discussing when Hannah came in where we first met Hannah, um, and it was at one of our ladies' nights, wasn't it? We first yes. set eyes when you came. It was our actual first ladies' night we ever did, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely brilliant as oh, well. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Hannah. Can Thank we get, you, Hannah. Can we get that in writing? <laughs> just when we get our, our next one booked in. <laughs> 
Um, so kind of from there, we've just kept in touch. We've emailed, we've had a coffee and um, you have a very, very interesting story. And I remember when we went for that coffee, we were there for ages, weren't we? Ages and ages. We talked and talked and we thought we'd love to have you on the podcast. So first of all, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yes. It's always so nice to have somebody in the studio, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is actually. You've got yeah. some water. Well yes. <laughs> You're feeling at home in the studio with us? Makes a change to a normal Wednesday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's an exciting thing to do. Well, we didn't know um, your story before you told us this when we had a coffee, did yeah. we? No. It was like the first time we heard it. So, yeah, we'd love you to tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I it was back in 2018 um, and I was at uni. I was just loving life, going out at weekends, living with my mates. Everything was great. Um, and I was working at a pub in Sheffield at the time. Um, and it started really by me getting ready for work one day, put my jeans on. I was like, I can't do my jeans up. I cannot do my jeans up. I was like, I'm so bloated. I can't do my jeans up at all. So I had to ring in sick to work um, and felt absolutely ridiculous ringing in saying that I couldn't go in because I was bloated. So I was like, hot water bottle on my stomach and like, right, just let it, let it go away. Um, and anyway, it didn't go away. So like the day after I, um, my housemate said to me, just ring 111. And see what they say. So Ranga, they asked me loads of questions, majority of which I was saying no to, um, until they said, have you got any shoulder tip pain? And I had, I had shoulder tip pain in my right shoulder. And she said, I want you to go to A&E straight away. Um, and I was like, right, okay, why? She said, I just need you to go to A&E and just get checked over. So with my housemates, went to A&E and was stood in there and it was absolutely rammed. And I thought, I've, I'm bloated. I do not need to be here um, and one of my best mates with, was with me and she said, look, there's a sign there that says we can try the GP within the hospital around the corner. So I said, we'll give it a go, but I, I feel like I shouldn't be here when there's people here with broken bones and everything. Um, and so we went round to the GP and the first thing they got me to do was a urine sample when I went in. And I went in and this doctor said to me, you're pregnant. And I just broke down crying. I was like, I'm not financially stable. I'm a student. I can't do this. <laughs> Um, and I, I said, it's impossible. It is physically <laughs> impossible. It's been a dry few months. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> um, and so he just advised me to, to go back to my normal GP and, and follow it up from there. So I went back there the next day, worrying that I'd got this immaculate conception. <laughs> um, and then... Went there and she had a feel of my tummy and I was in agony. I was screaming when she was pushing down on my tummy. And she said, you really should not be in this much pain. I need you to go back to A&E. Uh, I need you to go to hospital. And they, she sent me more to like a gynecology department. Again, one of my best mates, she came with me. Um, and they did an internal scan and it just showed bleeding. Just loads of internal bleeding. They couldn't see anything that was wrong um so they, they said right we need to operate straight away um and just try and have a better look at what's going on now I was obviously in Sheffield at the time I was only 20 years old um and my parents were down in Burton on Trent and I didn't tell them that I was going to have an operation because I thought I know how much my mum worries um, my dad is very much the level-headed one and mum is exactly how I am and is a panicker um, and I thought by the time they're up here, they'll have drove up panicking. I can just tell them afterwards when everything's okay. 
So were you going to be put under general anaesthetic? It's yeah. a big operation. Yeah. It wasn't just like a small thing. Yeah, so I had to sign for like if I needed a blood transfusion or anything like that. Um, and I said to my best mate, I said, not that they would, but if my parents call, just don't answer my phone. <gasps> um, fortunately, they didn't call. Um, but then I had this operation. It was a laparoscopic uh, op um, where they went into my left ovary and they opened it up and took out what anything they thought looked abnormal. So they still couldn't say if it was an ectopic pregnancy or anything, what they thought it might be at that time. They just took out what looked abnormal. Um, after the op, I rang my mum and dad. I rang my dad first and I said, I've had this operation because they think I'm pregnant. I can't possibly be pregnant. Um, but they've taken out what they thought looked abnormal. I'm okay now. Can you and mum come up? Um, and so mum and dad came up and I thought my mum was going to bollock me. <laughs> um, and she, but obviously, as any mum would be, she was just grateful that I was okay. Um, and then after that, the, the doctor came in and said, right, okay, we're going to send this off to histology, get it looked at, and then we'll, we'll get you some results back. Mum said to the doctor, will it be tested for cancers? And I went, don't be daft, I'm not going to have cancer. Like, just so flippantly. Um, anyway, so then it was just a case of recovering from the op and everything like that. And then a couple of weeks later, we got called back in for the results. And I can see it so vividly being sat in that room still. So there was myself, my mum and dad. My sister was back at home, um, a doctor and a nurse. And the doctor said, um, the results are back. Um, you've got what's called ovarian germ cell cancer. And for me in that moment time just stood still for a minute I could I, my eyes had just blurred over I couldn't really hear anything everything felt fuzzy I could in a distorted kind of way hear my mum crying and feel that my dad was consoling her and consoling me um but one that this nurse then when I kind of came back into the room she said to me she said in six months to a year this will all feel like a blip and that has stuck with me ever since um and so then obviously we had to discuss the next steps forward and everything like that um but what had happened within the first operation when they opened my ovary to take out what they thought looked abnormal the cancer cells from inside my ovary came out into my abdominal liquid um so there was a chance that I was going to need to have chemo as a precautionary measure um, but first, what I needed to do was have another operation. This time, it was going to be open surgery to remove the entirety of my left ovary. Now, obviously, as well as a young woman, I was wanting to be cautious of my future and look after my future and everything like that. So I was offered the chance to have some eggs harvested and frozen. Um, so after I'd had the open surgery, removed my left ovary, I had to go through having all sorts of injections to make sure my body was ovulating so that then in the this was like two months later from the original start point I could then have my eggs harvested now I don't know if you've ever seen the process of having eggs harvested before it was very wholesome to be honest <laughs> in amongst all the chaos right it was very wholesome so again I was there with my best mate she was there with me like every step of the way Who, um, can we get a name for your best yeah. mate she she's also amazing. she's also a hannah so yeah she was with me the whole way and when I was having these eggs harvested I tell you what she was squeezing my hand tighter than I was squeezing <laughs> hers 
but you kind of lay there and there's a screen up on the right and it looks like a snooker table set up. Right. So like a triangle with loads of balls in and they're like all the follicles. And as they effectively, I don't know what the right term is, but suck a follicle out. <laughs> <laughs> this follicle then goes out, goes to one doctor and then goes through to a, another doctor through this little hatch. And then she'll shout, egg. Stop it. Like yeah. bingo. <laughs> Hang on, what do you mean the follicle goes to the other doctor? So it, it as the first doctor like has this tube and the follicles coming out it, of the tube, it then travels through this hatch. Stop it. And the other doctor will then look within the follicle to see if there's an egg. And then when there's an egg, they shout egg. And me and Hannah cried at the first egg. <laughs> it was so emotional. I um, bet it was. But this was obviously only out of my right ovary as well, because bear in mind my left one had gone at this point. So it's just out my right ovary and they managed to get 16 eggs out. Wow. So they're all frozen up at Jessup's in Sheffield. They're there now, are they? Yeah, they are now. (laughs) There they are. Because I guess you were thinking this might be your only chance to have children if you wanted to have children. Yeah, because if I, at this point as well, the idea of chemo was precautionary. I was then thinking, I was told as well, if I had chemo, it could affect my fertility. And it's i mean i don't have children now it's still a thing that we don't really know if if it has if it hasn't um but it's just something that i was offered the chance so many women aren't given chances like that um and to have that as just as a as a backup and to just know in my mind okay i might not be fertile following all of this process but i've got those there yeah um and it was just like such a peace of mind um, so after I'd had my eggs harvested and they were all put away in a freezer at Jessup's, um, we then started talking about the idea of having to have chemo. Um, and this was late December. And I said, look, can I just have Christmas first? And if I need to start it, start it in January. And the idea was that I was going to have chemo as a precautionary measure. Um, but then over Christmas time, they got back in touch and said, look, we know you said you wanted it precautionary, but you'd have to have it now anyway, even if you'd agreed to not, um, just because of the way that all my um, levels were looking mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, so I then started to have chemo up at Western Park on the 2nd of January 2019. Um, and my mum stayed in hospital with me like all the times that I was up there. They were fantastic up there. I gave her like a day bed um, and they, they looked after her just as well. Um and it was I wasn't scared Uh, I was really positive all the way through and I documented things like on Facebook and everything like that and everyone was really supportive and everyone was saying you're really brave and I thought I'm I'm not brave I'm going through something done because I've got to do it yeah yeah um and I, I, I thought as well even though I'd been given a relatively good prognosis there was that fear of oh my god what if I do die not for me but for my mum my dad my sister and my friends and all those people that were around me and that were my support network and that was the scariest thing for me dying for them and I think it's so much harder as well for the people around this from my personal experience the people around the person with a diagnosis because they feel so out of control mm. and helpless mm. and all they want to do is protect that person. Yeah. And and there's nothing they can do apart from be there and wait with them. 
Um, did, did you think about um, death a lot during this time? I tried to not. I was so, so busy. And when when I was like having my chemo, there was all my uni mates were all there all the time to, to the point where I was like, I need to get some rest. <laughs> like, can you just leave me alone for a bit now? <laughs> um, but like I'd be at Western Park for three days in the first week and I'd have 10 hours of chemo on each of those days. So it's 10 hours being plugged up and just hearing those tones and dings that was just it's horrible now if you hear mm. them again. Um, and then, so that would be on week one. Then week two, I'd just go back for like a, an hour's top up, same on week three, and then the cycle would start again. Um, and I had three and a half cycles of that. And throughout the whole process, I'd said to my family, I know it's cringy, but I want to have like a happy days album of photos. And so from the very start, I said, right, I want to take a picture of someone happy. It doesn't have to be me, just so that there's happiness going throughout it. It's really cringy, that. but... No, I love <laughs> it. It's not cringy at all. <laughs> what a good idea. It, it was really nice. And like, if I wasn't the one taking it on that day, and my mum would like go out for a walk around oh. the parks and she'd like just take a picture of herself with some ducks. Oh, nice. Or something like this. Great idea. And she'd go out and have these little pick-me-up adventures like I remember one time she came back and she was like I just tried tightrope walking <laughs> like, what she was like yeah with some some students from the uni of Sheffield I've just tried tightrope walking <laughs> and then she's showing me these videos of a tightrope walking it's just like little things like that yeah. were just the things that made the difference it's little moments of happiness isn't it yeah in, in the norm normal life yeah that's yeah. lovely um but yeah so when I was then going, I'd had my first cycle and everything, but my hair then started to fall out so much quicker than I'd anticipated. I thought it was going to be like during the second cycle or halfway through it, it was two weeks into my chemo oh, wow. and it fell out so, so quickly. I remember backtracking a little bit prior to having any chemo, I'd had really long hair and my hairdresser, um, she was really fantastic and I said I, I want a bob and I want it purple so she spent five hours oh, doing me no. a bob doing it purple give me an undercut and she did it all for free oh, she no. did it all for free oh. and she was absolutely amazing but then obviously as my hair's falling out there's granted less of it which was probably a much better thing um but you know when you're in the shower and you've got some hair and you put it on the wall yeah yeah and you like get it off after but it was like this artwork on the wall of just God. so much hair and I just remember standing in the shower and crying yeah that must be such a scary feeling sort of seeing it and feeling yeah. it come out yeah um and I just remember just shouting my mum and I was like just look at this and then I'd get out of the shower and I was so scared to touch it to dry it because I thought the moment I touch it more is going to come out yeah so that was like my last time washing it because I thought I'd rather have greasy hair than, than no hair at that moment in time. And as well, towards the end of January, a really good friend of mine, James, he is renowned for his awesome hair. And he'd said to me, I'm shaving mine with you. Um, so we went round to, to his house at the end of January and I shaved some of his and like his parents dipped in and everything. And then my dad shaved mine. Right. And that was like a really special moment for my dad to do it yeah. because mum had been there obviously in the hospital with me and my dad had been there too and my sister but 
it was just something that I really wanted my dad to do. Um, so yeah, but then the feeling of feeling bold was so much nicer than I imagined it to be. My mum, because I mean, we're in January, going into February, my mum was saying, Hannah, get a hat on. She's <laughs> like, I bet your head is freezing. I'm like, mum, I love the breeze. <laughs> Do you? The breeze was lovely. Was it? Was it really nice? <laughs> it was really nice. And But the thing is as well, like, I'd been given um, some amazing wigs and I'd got this one blonde one that I did never wear because it made me look a bit like a spy. Um, <laughs> That'd be it reason for you to wear up like colour. Get this on get the blonde one on. on. <laughs> um, and I'd got this like black one going into a blue. But I never really wore them because I re- I found for me, if you were walking through town and people looked at you, you could see them looking like, is that a wig? Is yeah. that not a wig? Mm. Or if I wore a headscarf, they'd be like, oh, look away, she's got cancer. Oh, uh, I was going to say what we actually need yeah, to get. Yeah, but when, when I was bold, people were looking like, because I, I didn't look particularly unwell at this point, they were either looking like, oh, she's cool, yeah, bold yeah, hair, yeah. or some of them might have thought, oh, yeah. maybe she's poorly, but I just felt far more confident yeah. um, and, and enjoyed being bold. Not that I would probably do it through choice again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has your hair grown back, is it the same as it was? Um, yeah, it didn't grow back the same in the first instance. It was super, super soft and yeah. really curly. Oh, um, curly? Yeah. So it you, was got, like, you had straight hair before, right? Yeah. <gasps> um, and it was just really, like, wavy kind of curls. But just everyone all the time was just stroking my hair and stroking my bold head as well. Yeah, and, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. I think, like, stroking a bold head is there. <laughs> having a feel. <laughs> We do that to each other, yeah, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, We'd have yeah, a stroke if one of us was bald. Yeah. It was quite a nice feeling to yeah, be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stroked. <laughs> well, your, hair, your hair now, it's kind of like bobbed, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like down to your shoulders. Yeah. Did it take a long time for it to grow back? Um, all in all, probably to, to this sort of length, probably about a year and a half. Yeah. But I kind of, when it was shorter, I kind of styled it out for a bit. So I was going for trims and having it like quiffed and quite quite rocky um and i enjoyed having it short for a period of time but then but now I, I never know now if i want to have it that length again that much shorter or if i want it longer and now i'm just so indecisive yeah. with my hair all the time yeah um should i just start from afresh again <laughs> <laughs> and where where are you up to now with things then um so I mean, obviously, what what then happened is I'd, after I'd finished my chemo, I finished it on the 9th of March, and then I was really lucky to get the all clear on the 1st of April. Now, and how did you get the all clear? Like, what what happened? Was so it, it just was an appointment? Yeah. Or, right. Yeah, so we went in for an appointment, and all my levels had come down the right amount, and the cancer had all gone, and it was fantastic. Um, I was really lucky that during my chemo, I wasn't sick. Right. I was sad. I'm usually a really positive person yeah. and I just felt like I got this cloud over my head. Um, but it was it was just an option to when when I when I felt better. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost myself. That's all right. Nice. So we were saying about so when you got the all clear, did you know that you were doing well before they went, it's gone? Or or was it just an appointment? They were like, was, "Shit, I'm going to find out if this has gone or not." Yeah, yeah. So it was. It, 
It was panicky, but at the same time, uh, it was originally intended for me to just have three cycles of chemo. Right. And after my three cycles, they said, you've done really well in terms of not being ill. We're right. going to give you another half cycle. Right, got you. And so that if was you're just like Ill, the final blast. If you are ill, is that a sign that it's not working as well? I don't necessarily think so. Okay. I think it's just a case of my body handled it really, really well. well. Yeah, because um, chemo can make you really ill, can't yeah. it? And it affects different people in different yeah. ways, doesn't it? I mean, so many people say that they can taste metal. Yeah. All I could taste was milky tea. Yeah, but It was horrible. Did you drink tea and have a biscuit as you were having chemo? I mean, probably at some point. Yeah. I, I just, I, all I could taste was milky tea and it was horrible. So then, then I couldn't have a cup of tea for a long time. Oh, the no, one thing I did tea. stop drinking... During my chemo was gin because I didn't want to go off it. <laughs> Damn. Are you allowed to drink on chemo? I was, yeah. I think it depends yeah. what sort of chemo you're on. Yeah. Um, but as well, when I was at Western Park and, and my mum would go out for these walks and stuff, obviously she's got a massive weight on her shoulders. Mm. Um, and she would pop down to Cavendish Cancer Care and she would just have a chat at some points to, to some of the counsellors there just to be able to just let her have a bit of a release and just yeah. relieve that weight off and that strain off her for a bit so that she could come back and, and be better and her best self for me yeah. and how she wanted to be for me. Um, and as well, she'd had shiatsu while she was down there. What's um, that? It's a body-based massage. Yeah. Um, and she, after she'd had shiatsu, she said, I really feel now I could not drive a car. She said, I, I couldn't get into a car and drive. She was so in Relaxed. such a state of relaxation. Oh, wow. Yeah, she could not have done that. And as well, while I was on the ward, people, therapists from Cavendish would come in to me and give me shiatsu and other body-based massages as well. And that's what they kind of do just to to see if they can just help relieve the, the strain for the yeah. patients as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then after after I got the all clear on, on the 1st of April, exactly a month after that, I had my 21st birthday. Yay. So that was a massive That's celebration. So cool. God, I bet. Yeah. Did you drink lots of gin then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I made up for it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. And um, then I went back to uni and I just kind of got on with life as normal. And life felt normal for quite a period of time. I'd, I'd had a job for a couple of years and then I was really lucky to be able to get actually into the charity sector and get a fundraising job with Cavendish Cancer Care, which I absolutely love. Um, and I've been with them now for like a year and a half. They're absolutely a fantastic place to work. Everyone is just lovely. This is the amazing part of the story. And this was what yeah, we loved is... when we heard it. So obviously you've been through this experience. Um, Cavendish Cancer Care have helped you and your family when you went through it. And now you're, you're working for them. Yeah. them. Yes. yeah. And it makes my job so yeah. easy yeah. in a sense of... Because you get to, it. Yeah. And, and to be able to, to understand what other people go through. Now, everyone's story is completely, completely different. Everyone's mm -hmm. journey is different. But what's so good about Cavendish is that they don't just support the cancer patient, but their family and friends and loved ones too. And I mean, you've got my mum, for example. She was my mum before, but then she became a carer. Yeah. And so then she's got this this whole new role that she's not been used to before, not needed to do before. Mm -hmm. And Cavendish are there to, to provide that support. Um, and... In my first couple of months of Cavendish, everything was fine. And then I started to get some stomach pains. And I was thinking, 
this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel right. And I was constantly ringing the hospital, like, should I have a scan? Do I need to have a scan? Do I need to have some blood tests? And I kind of then reached a point where I thought, I am at Cavendish. These things are very much just psychological. Yeah. I'll just go and book in with someone. And this is the beauty of Cavendish as well, because people can just self-refer, call up or go online and just refer themselves. You're not having to wait for a GP referral or anything like that. And so I then went and I had an initial consultation whereby they kind of like discuss with you your needs and concerns and see what sort of thing is going to work well for you. Um, And then I ended up having, I think it was around five sessions of hypnotherapy. So your stomach pain, do you think, was your mind? Yeah. Oh, my God. oh really? Yeah, and I'd, I'd get it prior to having scans as well. I mean, I'm not... I I've, I've still have a couple more tests this year. Yeah. And then after you've had five years all clear, mm-hmm. then they kind of let you go, but right. you can come back if, if you need to, whatever sort so of thing. So you, you work for them, but you also use them as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and these sessions of hypnotherapy I was a little bit skeptical as I think a lot of people are about hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and there'd be times when I'd be upstairs in the office and I'd be time for my for my session and I'd have my work head on and I'd be thinking I've not got time for this right now but I'd step in that door and those emotions would just come gushing in completely I was like yep safe space yeah I'm in here now um and what the therapist did for me is these sessions just kind of made me somehow, and I don't know how they do it, but bring it back down to me that, okay, I might be having these pains, but they're manageable. And and, and now, to be honest, I don't really tend to get the pains. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. It's um, funny, isn't it? I guess you go through chemo, so they fix you, as in they fix your body. Yeah. Thank mm. God for them as well. Yeah. Like the doctors, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. But then you're left with your mind yeah. on overdrive. And so many mm. people think, oh, fantastic, you've got the old clear, yeah, you're all right QC, now. Yeah, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and kind it's, of... it's also crazy the amount of people that are there messaging you, messaging you, messaging you. They've disappear. gone. Disappear. Yes. Just absolutely disappear. Um, and sometimes for me, because everything was so... Operation, operation, eggs harvesting, chemo. Okay, you're mm-hmm. done now. Mm-hmm. Everything was so quick and so done and dusted yeah. that I'd not really had time to stop and, and get process emotional it. and process it. Yeah. yeah. And so then it took me two and a half, three years later for that to all catch up with me. And yeah. that's how it can work with some people. It can be five, ten years. Well, it's like um, people who are in the army or go to war-torn countries. They yeah. say that when they get back, because it's all just go, 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 go. Yeah. And then it's coming back onto Civvy Street, they call it a normal life. And they have a real problem adjusting. It's very similar because yeah. it's something traumatic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? So um, obviously you were talking about how you um, were worried for your relatives more than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, you know, a lot of people get cancer. And so you know, if you don't get it, you're going to know someone who has yeah. got it. So obviously you and Cavendish can give advice on if a friend or a family member does get cancer. What do you what do you do? Like, what's the best thing to do? Because like you say, people come out of the woodwork, but as soon as you're better, they disappear. But what would you say to people? What's the best way to support someone that's just got a cancer diagnosis? I mean, to be honest, for people that a lot of people that come to Cavendish, particularly if it's a carer, 
the therapist that you're talking to can very much go through with you the best ways of how to communicate with that person, the best ways to cope for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've also got a young people service. So this is for children ages four to 18. And because, for example, if a if a parent has got a diagnosis, that's so hard on a on a young yeah. child. And so our play and art therapists go through those emotions with those children so that they're not growing up with such immense trauma. Yeah. Um, and they they can also give advice to the parents on best questions and answers to ask children because Kids can come out with absolutely anything and yeah. you want to be prepared for whatever question they're, they're going to ask and to be able to provide them with the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the therapists, I mean, they, there's so many different therapies that have. There's hypnotherapy, aromatherapy, reflexology, body-based massage, counselling, and then the young people service. So there's so many different things to suit different people. And it's so accessible as well with having I mean following the pandemic a lot of things went online so there's online groups and courses that people can just tap into as and when um but it's so accessible in the sense that people we we support people from South Yorkshire North Derbyshire and North Nottinghamshire but as far as people can reach us or if they want a telephone or video call that's absolutely fine too yeah um but the best part is it's completely free of charge Mm -hmm. So people that, that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's all down to the general public and businesses and things like that and trusts as to why we are able to to fundraise. Cavendish have been going for over 30 years now and have been providing this support for that length of time and it's always been free of charge. Yeah. And so there's anyone anyone can access it and i think that's the most important thing yeah but you do rely on donations obviously to keep it going which is so important so we we get um only enough statutory funding to keep our doors open for two weeks of each year oh yeah yeah explain this because i remember you telling us about this and we were like what Yeah. yeah so just everything else has to come from fundraising and thanks to everyone that fundraises for Cavendish that's why we have been able to keep still be going for yeah. the length of time that we have um but it really does make all the difference for people to do things I mean we have so many like events going on throughout the year mm-hmm. and things that people get and can get involved with but if anyone's ever like you know what I want to do a skydive yeah. who do I want to do a skydive for yeah and and we there's fundraisers and support people through that as well. Okay. Well, what we can do in the, the description of this podcast, yes. we'll put your a link to your Amazing. website. So if anyone wants to go and have a look, all the details, I presume, are on your website. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah um, also as well, I mean, there were people listening to this who do know somebody going through cancer. Yeah. Or they might be going through it as yeah. well. So they'll know kind of where to come and how to get in touch with you guys as well for that side of it. Yeah, and it's just a case of going on the website or, or giving us a call yeah. just to, to self-refer and then a therapist will see you as soon as possible um but the thing is it's, it's a name worth knowing yeah just for people to, to pass on to other people i mean we we're also starting back out in outreach in chesterfield as well as doing outreach in hospitals in sheffield um so we'll have more presence physically in chesterfield within the next coming months too yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much yeah. for coming to see us. Thank Honestly, you for your story me. is incredible. That's the second time we've heard it. Yeah. But I was literally glued to hearing you <laughs> talk you about say. it because it's just an incredible story. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, you're lovely. more than welcome. <laughs> right. 
Well, that's it, a bit of a longer one today. Yeah, but, but the description, so I will put the link for Cavendish in the description box of this podcast. So just yes. have a look at that. Or just if you want any more information, then DM us, we can pass it on to Hannah. Absolutely, sure. yes. We Absolutely. will be back with you tomorrow. Have a lovely Wednesday, whatever you're up to. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.